Well, good morning. I uh, appreciate you joining me this morning. Uh, this is Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. We're doing Bible study, and I know I put out last night that this would be Brett and I here today, but Brett uh, is not feeling well, so it's just going to be uh, me today. So I uh, hope that's okay. I, I really appreciate Brett being in here every week with me, and it really helps me quite a bit um, with Brett being in here. I like being able to kind of bounce ideas off and thoughts off of each other. So, But he uh, called this morning or texted this morning, said that he was not feeling well. So do be in prayer uh, for Brett this morning that he gets to feeling better here hopefully very, very soon. Uh, I also want to start off uh, this, this time together uh, with just a prayer for our nation uh, I've been talking this morning um, with Justin Nall and others uh, just about uh, all the turmoil that's going on. If you haven't seen the news, there's now uh, more protests that are going on in um, Atlanta over another shooting. Uh, and it, that's, again, it's just one thing on top of another. And so we need to be praying for our nation. And actually, our Bible study this morning, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, for just a few minutes here together this morning talking about the church. And I got to thinking about this lesson even. Uh, it is even more important for us as a church body, not just Emmanuel Baptist Church, although that's my my primary responsibility right now is as leader here, but I'm, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about us as a community of believers uh, throughout the world. Uh, it is important for us to really understand who we are, the importance of, of what we believe and, and where we stand, because the world desperately needs uh, people that will show Christ compassion and Christ love, not to pick a side, not to uh, to, to try to uh, win an argument or uh, force our point, but to show the love of Christ, uh, what can really make a difference in this hurting world. And I preached a couple weeks ago uh, about the fact that we live in a, a fallen and fatal world. Uh, last week, in fact, I preached about that, uh, and, and it's more and more evident each and every day. Not that it's these things haven't happened before, because they have. When you look at history, uh, the, the the struggles we're going through are struggles that people have gone through uh, throughout uh, our existence. That's part of our fallen nature. That's part of the sin nature that we have. But when it's happening to you, uh, it, it's even more poignant and it's even more uh, powerful and. and in what we feel and what we do. So uh, I just want to open up with a word of prayer, asking for uh, calm in our nation as we deal with all the different things that are happening, the, the political unrest and then also the medical unrest because of the coronavirus, and that's still, it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat, but it's still there, and, and bad things are still happening with that, and we're still not out of the woods uh, as far as that goes. So uh, let's open up with a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll jump into our Bible study from 1 Corinthians 12 this morning. Father, I come before you right now, and uh, Lord, I just ask for your your guidance and your direction in what we say and what we do uh, here today. I pray that uh, this study from 1 Corinthians, as we look at the body of, of Christ, as we look at what you have put together, that uh, we will see that to what you've designed us to be uh, as a local body, but then also uh, a collective universal body of believers, that we are diverse. We don't all think the same. We don't all look the same. We don't all have the same experiences. And uh, <clears throat> from what your scripture teaches us today, uh, even in the same church, there's, there's a great diversity in gifts that you've uh, given to 
to us. And so I pray, Father, that you will help us to appreciate uh, the diversity of, of who we are in you, uh, how you can bring all those things together. And as we live in a world that is so divided right now, there is so much disruption. My prayer is that we can be uh, a source of stability, not because of who we are, but because of who you are in and through us. So give us words of wisdom. Give us the desire to live faithfully for you, uh, to be the kind of people that you've called us to be. Uh, let us do that here locally for those that are listening uh, this morning and those that listen later uh, to this time of study that we go through. My prayer is that these words from, from the Scripture you've given to us will give us what we need uh, to faithfully uh, be your, your children in a world that so desperately needs that. It's in Christ's most holy name that I pray. Amen. Well, as we gather this morning, we're starting a, a second week on a seven-week study on um, the, the the book that I have right here, which is Built Upon the Rock, um, the the church. It's a, a nine-mark study. It's a good study on what it looks like to be a church. Last week, Brett and I looked at uh, what it means to to give to the church. Uh, we used the example from uh, John F. Kennedy, one of his greatest speeches, probably some of his most well-known words, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what, what you can do for your country. Uh, that is a statement that uh, would fit well with what Scripture teaches us. We should not go into church first and foremost asking, what can the church do for me? But we should go into the church, the body of believers, saying, what has God given to me that I can incorporate into the church? How can I build this body of believers up? And so we looked at that last week, and so this is really just a continuation of that study from, from last week and looking at what it means to be a part of the body of believers. And it was kind of interesting. I mentioned we're going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning, but in my daily Bible reading, part of what I've been doing is going through uh, the uh, book of Romans right now. I'm into chapter 12. And uh, so I sent uh, this out actually to some in some text this morning, and more will go out later. But this is part of what I read. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to think of him, to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Uh, that's uh, Paul's writing to the church at Rome, who he had yet to go visit. He was writing in hopes of going to visit them one day. Very similar to the words that we're going to read here this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is trying to help this young church, this church that has a lot of divisions in it. If you have read through 1 Corinthians, you know that this church was full of divisiveness. These were first-generation, second-generation believers, so they didn't have a history of church to build upon. They were coming out of a pagan, uh, secular society uh, into this faith, and so they had a lot of struggles. They had a lot of controversy uh, in in their, their beliefs and in what they did. Uh, and so Paul is helping this church to see what does it look like to be a part of a body of believers. Even as we read this, though, today, uh, it's somewhat sad that in, in many ways, some ways we haven't gotten past some of these issues. There's still a lot of diversity or a lot of division in the church. There should be diversity, and diversity is a good thing, but that diversity does not need to lead to division. 
It doesn't need to lead to separation. In fact, when we look at it properly, and the imagery that Paul's going to use today is the image of a body, we look at our body, and we need all our different body parts. They all function. And, and yes, you can lose a body part uh, and you can still function, uh, but, uh, but, but the rest of the body is going to have to compensate for that. Uh, and that's a reality in, in what you do. And so uh, God puts us together as we need to be put together. I firmly believe that God sends the right people at the right time to the right place to do what is needed. Uh, I, I think of that even here, even as we're doing this Bible study together this morning, uh, or whatever you read it, the, the issue of technology. I am so grateful for the people that God has put in this church that have been doing this for years, uh, for people that know how to run the sound and make it sound good, for those that know how to do the video, those that know how to post these things, uh, those that step in and, and keep our church church functioning and, and working um, as it needs to during this time, during this pandemic and all these craziness of all the different things we have to do. Uh, it's amazing how many people it takes to do that. And uh, as I've been in ministry a little longer, and as I continue to, to lead and pastor church, I'm discovering and appreciating that fact more and more, uh, that uh, when there's things that I'm not real good at. God raises somebody else up to do that, and it's okay. Some of the best words I've uh, learned to use over the last several wor- over sev- several months has been, "I need your help because I can't do it all." And when we learn that fact, we learn to appreciate and encourage each other more. So this study this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is going to help us to see the importance of each and every individual in the church and how each person has a part to play. Each believer is given a specific task and a specific role uh, in order to accomplish what God has called us to do. So hopefully you have your Bibles opened up by now, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, and I'm going to go ahead and just jump in and start in, in verse, uh, verse 12. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a, sing- <clears throat> if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is written, or I'm sorry, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those parts of the body that we think less honorable are bestowed the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which... <clears throat> Our more presentable parts do not require. But if God so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that it lacked, that there should be there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. 
Now, again, a lot that we could unpack uh, from that passage of Scripture there, but I just want you to notice a couple quick things here this morning as we as we talk about this together. Uh, first and foremost, I encourage you to read through that passage again, and I want you to, what I've, what I've done is I've circled all the words that say uh, many and all, talking about the unity that we have in there, uh, and then I've underlined all the times that Paul said one. Or, or made a reference to uh, some form of one. So we're one body, but we're many parts. And, and that's obvious. This is such an important lesson for us to learn. And it's something we can, when we put it up in our heads, we can understand it, but then when we start living it out, it gets a little bit more difficult at times. But here again, Paul is trying to encourage the church to recognize the importance of every single member, every single person that comes in through uh the, the body of believers that accepts Christ as Lord and Savior and then joins with that body of believers, the importance that each and every person carries with them. Uh, so a lot of analogies we can make here, but a couple things that really stood out to me from this lesson that I know I had read before, but uh, just as other times, sometimes things stick, sometimes they don't, and sometimes you read and you say, I know I've read that, but man, now that really makes sense to me. This is one thing that really stood out to me uh, in this passage and the encouragement, hopefully, that this will give to each and every one of us here this morning. Uh, first of all, when you look at verses, uh, starting in verse 14 through verse 20, but in particular verses 14 through 16, uh, you have that imagery there where uh, you, you have the foot and you have the ear. Uh, there in verse 15, it says, you know, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Uh, and then in verse uh, 16, it says, and the ear should... And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, do not belong to the body. The point being brought out there is when you look at that and understand that, those, those two body parts are saying, well, we're not really all that important. Uh, you know, I wish I, you know, the ear says, you know, I wish that I was um, um, a hand or I wish I was some other body part. The foot, the foot says, you know, I wish that I was something different. Uh, there's oftentimes it's easy for us to feel inferior, that, that we're not as important uh, for, for whatever reason. And so Paul addresses that first for some in the church, that they feel like maybe because they're not up front doing some of that frontline work, that maybe that somehow they've, they've been left behind and God doesn't think as highly of them. But Paul's going to get to that later. He says that all parts are vitally important, and those parts that sometimes think they're weaker are some of the most vital and necessary parts that we need. Uh, uh, through my study of history and, 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 and reading, and again, the, the numbers vary um, from time to time, um, but uh, this was back from in World War II, it said for every frontline soldier, for every soldier that was carrying a gun on the um, battlefield fighting, it took 10 people behind him to support that, that one foot soldier. So it took a great army of people uh, behind that one to make him effective, to give him what he needed to provide for him. Uh, you know, I've seen this on the mission field. Uh, in, in mission work. Uh, I've enjoyed the opportunities I've had to go overseas and, and to work. I've enjoyed the times I've been able to go here locally uh, in the United States and, and go and work. And what I've seen is, you know, we have missionaries that are what we maybe consider those frontline people. And sometimes people say, man, why didn't God make me a missionary? I wish I could be out there on the field, you know, doing what they need to do. And they're really doing God's work. But it's amazing to me the support that is needed for that missionary to do what they need to do. Um, 
going over to India and to, and to Africa and watching some of the, the work that needs to be done there. When you take a family over there, you have to provide for that family. That family needs to eat. That family needs to have transportation. That family needs to have a, a roof over their heads uh, to be able to do what they're, they're called to do. That takes support for others helping them to get where they need to be. And so part of this is we don't need to think of ourselves as as inferior. We don't need to think that, well, just because I'm a foot, I'm not needed. Well, the foot is what takes the rest of the body where it needs to go. Uh, and, and that foot is essential to carrying you where you need to go. So Paul is saying here to at the outset that nobody's inferior. Uh, every part of the body is essential to accomplishing the work that needs to be done. So that's the the first thing that he uh, addresses there. But then he does the flip side there when you go um, down into verses uh, 21 and and beyond. Uh, In 21, it says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So Paul flips it here. And he talks about uh, the, the sense of inferiority at first, but then he, ta- then he talks about the sense of superiority. And that's a real uh, danger in the church as well. This is something the church at Corinth uh, was facing and uh, having difficulty with because there was a great divisions and some were saying, well, I'm of Christ, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. And they were picking sides and choosing where they need to be. And in fact, I'll read this morning in the worship service, there needs to be some division so we can make those distinctions that are necessary. But those divisions shouldn't cause disunity. Uh, we should be unified in what we do and how we uh, come together. And so there should be no sense of inferiority on any part. And then the second side of that, the flip side of that, is there shouldn't be a sense of superiority as, as, as well. Uh, those that are on the front lines, those that are maybe out there preaching and teaching and are active and uh, oftentimes get recognition uh, for what they do should never get to the point where thinking, well, I'm better than others or I'm more important than anybody else or I really don't need these other people behind me. In fact, truly great leaders recognize those that are helping them to get where they need to be. Uh, and there never is truly a one person that can that can do it all um, because we're all fallen and sinful. The only person, one person that could do it all was Jesus Christ. And even he gathered disciples around him. Even he told his disciples, you're going to do greater things than me. Not that they're going to be able to save the world like he saved the world, but they're going to take that message out. Uh, and so uh, we need each other. And that's the whole point of this lesson here uh, is that the body is made up of a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different thought processes. uh, And that can be a good thing when used properly. It can also be a damaging thing when not understood properly. But listen to what Paul says here, and this is where I really am going to make a fairly short lesson this morning, but how he ends uh, this passage of Scripture. Uh, He says here in in verse uh, 26, he says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all people rejoice together. And that's really a beautiful picture of what the church ought to do. Uh, I couldn't help but think about marriage uh, and marriage ceremonies. We talk about that oftentimes in a a truly a good marriage when uh, two people come together uh, and join their lives together voluntarily and willingly when a man and woman makes that commitment to each other. 
Uh, we say in wedding ceremonies oftentimes, you know, when you have a sorrow, that sorrow is half because you have somebody to share it with. You have somebody to help you carry the burden of that pain that you're feeling, whatever that may be, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, whatever it is, you have somebody there to walk beside you. And then when you have a joy, that joy is actually doubled because you have somebody to share that joy with. It's not, you're not sharing it all by yourself. You're sharing it with somebody else. Uh, and so you get even more out of it. And that's the picture, that's the wording that Paul uses for the body of believers, uh, is that we uh, should have that same sense of unity and that same sense of joy that we get uh, as we uh, grow together. Uh, and when we do have a sorrow, that sorrow uh, should be Halved. It should be uh, others are coming around and helping support each other. Our our emphasis here at our church this year is the uh, the IFU um, principle, uh, intentionally focusing on others, and it, that's been a wonderful th- thing to see happen uh, in our church. The way people are stepping up and stepping out and and finding ways to help support other people, and oftentimes it's supporting them in times of need. Uh, when there's difficulties uh, that people are facing, and that's a beautiful thing for me to see in our church is how people step up and help uh, when there's a when there's a loss, uh, when there's a difficulty, uh, when there's a, a death in the church, or when there's a, a a surgery, or when there's an illness, or something like that comes along. How people step up and and others, you know, and, and with different gifts with different abilities. Some are there to take food and help support that way. Some are there to, to make a phone call. Some are there to make to write a card and send that card. Some are there just to sit with them and encourage them. Uh, such a great variety of ways that people do that, and each one is important. Uh, and nobody should feel inferior just because your gift may be hospitality and your first inclination is, you know, somebody's hurting, I'm going to take them some food. That's great and that's wonderful. Uh, somebody else's uh, gift may be that of a different form of hospitality uh, or one of encouragement, and they may be going over there to be with that person. Both are vitally important. Both are necessary, uh, and so that helps to to care for people. So Paul here says that when there's a sorrow, uh, there is a, a shared care there, that people care for each other, and no one person has to carry that burden all by themselves, which is the beauty of what a, a church membership should be. And then the flip side of that is when there's a joy, uh, that joy is multiplied greatly. Uh, and I can't help but think about today in our worship service, and then even tonight, uh, we get to do some celebrating. We're going to recognize 55 years of ministry uh, here as a ch- body of believers. The church actually was uh, started in 1963 as a mission, but in, on January January the 17th, Emmanuel Baptist Church uh, of 1965, Emmanuel Baptist Church became uh, its own functioning church body, and we've been here to minister to our community throughout that entire time. We get to celebrate that some here this morning as a church body. Uh, And then tonight, we get to celebrate uh, 45 years of ministry by one minister. Uh, Ron Oakley has been here uh, since 1975. Uh, May the 25th, I believe, was his start date of 1975. He has been here ministering faithfully throughout all of those years, and so we get to celebrate that here tonight. So that's a great way to celebrate um, and to say that, you know, when we have something like that, it's not just one person. It takes an army of believers coming together and doing that. So I just want to encourage you today, as we think about church and church membership, last week we looked at don't ask what the church can do for you first and foremost, but ask what you can do for the church. Ask, how has God gifted me? 
How has God enabled me to be a part of His body of believers? And then specifically, what does that look like here where He has planted me? Not so much, what am I getting out of this, but what am I giving in this? And you're going to find when you start giving to the church, you're going to get a lot in return. Uh, it's when we start thinking what I'm not getting when we and we quit giving is when uh, it becomes more difficult. So give. Uh, of yourself. Give of those gifts and your talents, whatever that may be, and realize that every single part is vitally important to what we do. Appreciate you joining me here this morning. I'm going to close with a word of prayer, uh, and so we can get over and we can worship. Hopefully, you can join us at 10 o'clock uh, in person, but if you can't, uh, join us on the live stream at 10 o'clock as we celebrate uh, who we are as part of God's believers here as a church today. Let's pray. Father, I come before you right now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, this uh, very practical lesson, uh, which you inspired Paul to write to encourage the church at Corinth 2,000 years ago to think about how they were put together as a body of believers to serve you. And Lord, how uh, that is still true today, that we are a body of believers, a local body of believers here today. Uh, well, next week, we're going to look at the importance of uh, joining together and that the importance of membership uh, in being a body of believers. So help us to today to recognize that all of us are important. Uh, there is no um, part that is not needed, but every part is, is vitally important. So help us to keep the right perspectives. Help none of us to feel inferior. Help none of us to feel superior, but help us to realize that we are in this together to serve you, to bring glory and honor to your name in all that we say and do. It's in Christ's most holy name that I pray. Amen.